Hey, everybody, Kevin Grossman here, president of Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards. We want you to join us for our annual Candy Awards virtual conference, sustaining the candy continuity on November 17th and 18th, where we'll celebrate improving recruiting, hiring, and the candidate experience, and of course, the 2021 Candy Award winners. To learn more and register, go to thetalentboard.org. Now enjoy the podcast. So it became a very interesting time to report news and challenging to suddenly be home trying to figure things out and build a home studio and how do you be a news person and all that. So that was sort of the, the genesis of, of RNN. And we've been over the past year or two, we've been building up the content stream and our strategy. And I've been more and more focused on doing pure RNN work again, still lending support to higher clicks. But the goal with RNN is to be independent. You're listening to the Candy Shop Talk podcast brought to you by Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards Benchmark Research and hosted by Kevin W. Grossman. Talent Board is the first nonprofit research organization focused on elevating and promoting a quality candidate experience. The Candy Shop Talk podcast welcomes Martin Burns, editor-in-chief of Recruiting News Network and a consulting VP at HireClicks a boutique recruitment marketing agency that helps HR executives apply the power of digital marketing and strategic advisory services to optimize the recruiting process and a proud candy sponsor. Listen in on how improving candidate experience impacts recruiting and the business bottom line. Martin, so good to see you. Thanks so much for joining me on the Candy Shop Talk podcast today. Now, you are the editor-in-chief of Recruiting News Network and at HireClicks and also HireClicks Consulting VP. So before we dive into the rest of this show, tell us a little bit more about that what you do, and what you do today. Yeah, good question. So kind of the backstory is I joined HireClicks six years ago to help kickstart a consulting It's been six year. years already? It has been six years. I think so. I lost track. Seven, five, it's 2021. I'm not sure what week it is right now. I, I know I'm wearing clean jeans and, and I've washed my socks recently and my hair is clean and I, I've shaved yesterday, which is weird for me. Beyond that, six weeks, six years, it's been a while. And when I, when I joined, it was to kickstart the consulting function and get that up and running. And then we, we, we built it out and we brought in operational leadership. We have Kara Yarnut running it and she's phenomenal. But a year or two ago, and, and I'm still associated with the consulting team as far as sort of in-house geek tech advice for clients and some JD help, some content pieces. But about two years ago, which is crazy to think about, two years ago, that actually was right around Thanksgiving in, in 2019, I was talking with Neil Costa, the founder of Heroclix, and he said, what we, want, you know, what we want to do for growth and what we want to develop. And he said, well, I've got this URL I bought 10 years ago or so called Recruiting News Network, and I've always wanted to have a news service. You're a writer. You're always reading the news. You know all kinds of random things. Why don't we do a news service for the industry that's a little bit different? What would that look like? And you know, at the time, you know, ERE was really focused on events, and, and most most of the, frankly, the, the, the media vendors who, who were running content were doing more event work, right? Webinars, things like that, and, and live events. And we didn't see really consistent voice pushing out news about the industry. So what I thought was, well, we could help. And I could finally do some writing. I have a degree in writing, and we thought that might actually be kind of good in a lot of directions. And so we started building it out, and we decided to go live February 2nd, 2020, 020220, because well, why not? Somebody I want to look back and, and, and see how many companies launched on that day, just for that very reason, because I, I suspect it's, it's, it, there was an uptick in that day for launches of products and, and companies. Regardless, we, we it, just as we went live, the pandemic was hitting, and you know, we all went home a week or two later, and March, I think it was 7th or 6th, they declared a national emergency, and yada, yada, yada. So it became a very interesting time to report news, and challenging to 
to suddenly be home trying to figure things out and build a home studio and how do you be a news person and all that. So that was sort of the, the genesis of, of RNN. And we've been over the past year or two, we've been building up the content stream and our strategy. And I've been more and more focused on doing pure RNN work again, still lending support to higher clicks. But the goal with RNN is to be independent is to be agnostic, not show favoritism. Um, we deliberately don't cover latest HireClicks webinars coming out here. We don't want to be the HireClicks media voice. We don't want to be a marketing channel for HireClicks. We, we, we want to be independent. And the analogy I use, and bear with me, is Christian science. So Christian science has a really, they're unique religion, but they've got a really independent media arm, the Christian Science Monitor, which actually reports on Christian science religion and often very critically. It's the weirdest kind of thing on the planet, but because the founder of, of Christian science believed in two things, that you could cure any disease through prayer and that there should be a free press. I don't know how those connect in your head, but those were our two priorities. Amen. Amen. Yeah, amen. Amen. So the idea is to be, and to use the pun in this context, be agnostic, right? And really be delivering news about hiring, um, what's happening in recruiting, what's happening with vendors, and the broader labor markets uh, to the industry. And, and look a bit more globally than typically is looked at by some, some other publications. The thing about our space, and again, focusing more on recruiting and hiring in particular, and I mean, and you know, internal mobility, retention, that's all kind of, they're all interconnected. They always have been, but even more more so, I think, which we'll talk more about the state of the world in a in a minute or two. But I've always found that, not to name any particular sites, but there's always been a lot of promotional material in a lot of the different sites as it relates to recruiting and hiring. Again, different media outlets of different flavors. And not that there is not quality content, too. There is. And that's one of the reasons why, I mean, you know, even the candies, I mean, I'll be full of transparency, HireClicks is a sponsor. And we've always, it's always been a big part of our model. But I always had in my mind, if I ever wanted to do something that was a true media outlet, it would have to be separated. It would have to be more agnostic because I'm with you. I like different perspectives. I like hearing different voices. I do that with this podcast too. So besides folks that are in our space, I'm also talking to people that are relevant to our space, but not the same names that you always hear. But whatever the case is, that's really what I was going to ask you next. That's how you're you're finding that you're differentiating then, right? Is to try to really truly be more agnostic, more um, media. You're writing a lot, you're all, but you're also, I mean, you know, you're curating content too, right? Which is a big part of what we have to do. And you have to do that too. How are you balancing then? Is you're talking about technology, but is there sponsored content? We're heading in that direction. We've been very slow about bringing on board sponsorship for the, for the very reason you just mentioned. We wanted to really establish an agnostic presence. And the benefit I've had is is I have a benefactor in Neil Costa and in HireClicks that they, they're underwriting HireClicks, I mean, RNN rather, HireClicks underwriting RNN without keeping putting their hands in. Um, so the vendors we want to work with and partner with, we hope they understand that it'll be more sort of like an NPR, PBS underwriting philosophy. We're not going to show favorites. If they screw up, we're going to talk about it. And they have to be okay with that. If they aren't, then we can talk about pulling sponsorship. We're not going to pull punches if there's a problem with it with the vendor, even if we like them as people. If there's something happens that we're aware of, we will talk about it. It's, it's news, right? And we will be fair across the board. That's critical to us. But so we've been sort of slow rolling the idea of kind of getting some vendors in who who we under, who think understand the philosophy and, and they want to do more more bit underwriting. And if, and if they're, if they're sponsor content, we make it very clear this was written by this vendor and we limit how many 
20 articles they can sponsor per month. It's very, it's a, it's a, it'd just be a, it'd just be a couple per. And we'll, we'll continue to kind of keep our, our, the majority of our mix really being, you know, a mix of original and then curated content. Like, I like your voice a lot, so I publish you a lot and folks in the talent board that you, you provide good content. No, um, I appreciate that. But, yeah. yeah, you're welcome. And, and and this is not quipper of quote for this podcast, by the way. It's just, you know, if I find folks with voices I like and I think they're interesting and it's relevant, then I'll share it. But we also curate from, from sources that have nothing to do with the, with the industry, that we think, like, the conversation is a wonderful source for deeply thoughtful, intellectually driven content that's written by typically professors, deeply researched. And I keep an eye on them because every once in a while they'll have a piece that is relevant to what we do as, as an industry or close enough to it where I think, hey, this is this is interesting. And I think that my peers could learn from this. And that's really, I think, the primary editorial decision I make is, will my peers take something away from this that, that, that has some kind of value that's of interest? That is music to my ears because, and poetry, which you are a poet, I know as well, but it is poetry. No, I and, get and the, one, but yeah. Thank you. Well, no, hey, like I, I have a long time. Don't joke agree with, with me. <laughs> no, well, listen, no, no, I wasn't even talking about you. I'm talking about me because I, oh, I've been, I'm a writer too. I've dabbled in my own poetry over the years, and it's this long-running joke with me and my buddies of over four decades now. That every time we get together, like, so Kev, that poetry thing not working out, huh? The reason why I say it's music to my ears because I mean there is a place for for all of these voices, but I do like. I always take a page out of Jerry Crispin's book because he's always like, I'm always learning something. I want to know. I'm asking questions and I'm talking to people that are, you know, we would call the usual suspects and not either that are outside of our space. It's a selfish motivation for me as an on long ongoing learner. And like you just said, what you think the readers of Recruiting News Network and what I think the candy community, I think they should hear. I think that it's nice to get different perspectives and doing it in a way, right, Martin, that's not, um, how do I put this lightly, but I've never been a fan of being acerbic, being condescending, being snarky, being any of those things. And, and you know, there's a place for that, right? And people, there's been people you know, above my pay grade that can, that can pull that off much better than I ever would want to do. So I'm glad that that's not, and I don't think that's what in, in your mix either, right? No, not typically. I did one piece a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that was, I thought, too snarky looking back and it it got a lot of traction it was a relevant topic but looking at it and i full i mean i'm just saying, saying I, I kind of wish i'd been a little more pulled back on that one because typically i'm not a big snark writer i can be snarky in my comments on facebook things like that i, I have fun there but i i do want to keep more of a balanced tone in what i share just here's the facts here's what's going on if there's analysis it's typically meant to be dispassionate and then move on and some people like i mean there are there are fans of that kind of voice and i again i don't no disrespect at all it's a taste thing and that's it's not it. my taste this is not my thing and I re- I'd rather sit here you know humor is one thing and we can poke at things too but I also I mean I like to learn I like to have discussions like this and to talk shop but that's even why I picked the name for this because it was never this you know this is just one of, of many different things that we do at the candies but back to the articles you've either written in the news that you've curated to date we, every year we do this addendum research we always do these side projects besides the core benchmark research. And at the end of every year, we ask companies to tell us what their priorities are going to be for the the coming year. And, you know, as much as people can try to be forward looking anymore, <laughs> I've never been a soothsayer anyway, but when they people are thinking about what they're going to focus on. So when I asked the 200 companies that responded this year to ours, the top three priorities that they told us, similar to what lined up last year too, candidate experience, which little self-serving, sure, but it was on the list that they chose from. Candidate experience 
experience, diversity and inclusion, which was number two last year too. And then what popped up in the top three was employee referrals. Now there's others, screening and interviewing, onboarding, they're all part of the top five, but these are the ones that were the top three. So what are you hearing? Like, especially in the past six months from your readers, from your higher clicks customers, and the kind of news that you're either curating or writing about, what are we looking at going into next year? Yeah, so it's it's funny. I, I, I had a chat this morning with um with, with George Rock, who, who I know you know, and yeah, you know, the analogy used that you know, my crystal ball is shattered in the floor. <laughs> I don't have one either. But but they, 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 but what we're hearing is so. Um, I'm actually pulling up the, the stats right now as we're talking. I'm not ignoring. I'm trying to pull up the numbers. I want to be accurate. So um, so the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, their SBR, their, their small business index. We did a piece on this a couple of days ago. They have their quarterly report out, and about half of small businesses are saying that they're having trouble recruiting, which is you know no, no big shock, right? But they're many are planning on trying trying to hire. They're, so they're they're optimistic in a way, and the optimism is up to like 32 percent, which is not high, but it's higher than it has been since the pandemic started. That's something. Thing. Creeping up then. Yeah, keeping up. Yeah. And, and in about about 30%, 28% plan to increase staff and, and only 6% plan, plan on reducing staff. So again, I'm just looking at the numbers as we're talking. And that lines up. There are plans to hire. Um, there are goals to hire. There are worries about how am I going to do this? The cost of doing business is, is their top concern. Um, finding the, uh, finding enough staff is about 11%, which seems low, but it's typically much lower than that. Typically, they're very confident they can hire no matter what. So that number is actually coming up. And I think that'll keep increasing as they start realizing as as the, as the truth really starts hitting them about challenges. So, and, and larger corporations are, are, are definitely are, are definitely hearing that more. They're more they're more in tune with how difficult things are. So concerns, um, they be able to hire. Can they keep up with my growth? Considering it's going to be more and more expensive. Where are the people? What skills am I looking for? And some sectors are really suffering more. I mean, you look at retail, the suffering there. You look at logistics, and that's a global phenomenon. So hiring lorry drivers in the UK is so challenging that that their their economy is tanking. They, they can't get goods shipped to the EU because they lack the people. There are crops rotting on the ground. Oh, there were, that's this false here, it's a little bit over, but they were, they were rotting on the ground during harvest season the, across the UK because they couldn't. There were, there were no pickers. And some of that was driven by Brexit because there were no immigrants coming in, but some of it was driven by simply the shift in, in the labor market where they did they, they were employ, the employees weren't around. I was talking with the head of recruitment uh, for Coles, uh, um, which, which is the second biggest grocery store chain in Australia, and, and we had a quick chat, and, and her concern was, was, was hiring truckers. They couldn't ship goods around from store to store. They, they had them in the warehouse. They're, they managed to get them there. Well, that was tough enough from their vendors. But once they even get them there, getting the goods from the warehouse to the store was almost impossible. And you know what? Something to add to that that I have also read, can't remember this piece, but it was it was quoting a bunch of different economists too, that one of the things, you know, there's a lot of media hype too, right, about the supply chain issues right now. And a big part of it is the labor, is the, are the individuals to actually do a lot of this work on transportation. But demand, I guess, is also super skyrocketed because of coming, you know, late into that pandemic game and hopefully moving away from it, but demand and nobody was set up to meet that demand. Again, because of the constriction that also happened. And again, the people not you know, going to these jobs anymore. Well, you look at nursing too. The resignations happening across in the healthcare sector are incredible. Yeah, to, to, to use a probably not the most appropriate expression, although it relates, they are bleeding out. No, oh, I, I was I was um, not to get too personal, but um, so I was I was um, at the, the ICU. I wasn't there for myself. Uh, a family member was, was sick, and we were at Beth Israel uh, in Boston, and you know, top tier hospital, phenomenal. And the ICU that they put him in because they couldn't get a bed for him in the right ICU because there were too many COVID patients. They're being over, over, overwhelmed, so he was in the uh, the the newer ward. Which, if you're suffering, the newer ICU in Beth Israel is not a bad place to be because that's where, frankly, the smartest doctors and nurses are. They're their top staff are hanging out there. So, you, so you, you get you get 
take good care at least, right? But we're kind of, kind of you know, by his bedside and, and right across from his, his room was the nursing station. And there was a, a, a nurse manager giving a talk to, this, to the team there saying, please don't quit. Using a lot of Ted Lasso analogies, by the way, which was interesting. Which I love, by the way. So thank you. Great, yeah, great. I think you kind of are a Ted Lasso. So, but it was you know, she was basically saying, "Please don't quit," and because they, they're all just they're all just burnt out. That ripples, then, right? It does totally, totally. And and, and what I was going to add to that is that so what's interesting is that in our two of the top ten candy winners in North America this year are large healthcare organizations. And because we name them, I can name them because for the winners, but and they were the, the number one ranked winner this year is Hogue Memorial Hospital Presbyterian. So Hogue is, was, had that, some of the most highest candidate experience ratings we've seen in a past few years. And then New York Presbyterian, who's won six times now, they are the number three on the list. And what is interesting, though, is that as an industry in with our data, when we just look at candidate experience ratings, healthcare and finance and insurance in particular, we got hammered. So candidate experience ratings just plummeted. Now, it, ma- it makes sense with, based on what's unfortunately what's going on in healthcare right now and everything we just talked about and then and the mandates, that's, been, that's also forced others out the door that are like, I'm out. And then you got, but finance and insurance, though I'm a little bit of a head scratcher that we're trying to figure out as to why because when other industries in our data at least services consumer goods even well pharmaceutical maybe part of what's obviously going on in the world too those all fared pretty well from from a much more positive candidate experience ratings overall it is but it's what we saw in our data and but what I'm curious about is besides all the other things that we've just been talking about right now and what what you're also hearing and seeing is there any like what you thought was just bonkers news that that you either covered or in our like in recruiting and hiring or you kind of went what was that I mean is there I'm just curious anything that like just like this is just nuts it's bonkers I, I haven't covered it yet I'm, I'm still t- I'm still chasing after it it's sort of it's sort of a development thing so I'll, I'll share it so a, a woman posted a, a rejection letter from KFC a woman who said she'd apply for to to a KFC uh, and this can't experience related okay so so uh, I see up and they've covered a couple of different news services kind of and, and most in the UK. Uh, she applied for it for, um, I think it was Dorset in the UK or Durham, Dorset, I think, uh, to a KFC to work there. And she shared her rejection letter, which was full of puns about, we're so cluck and happy you applied. Unfortunately, we want you part of the flock. You brutal. Okay, I, I like like they, like whoever wrote it was where I read. I was like, oh my god, whoever wrote this thought they were being funny. But what a horrible thing to get to get as a candidate. But wait, so now remember, it, it was it was it was covered. It was reported by a bunch of news. I actually things. missed that. I did not see that. It, it, I, think, I think it was on uh, October twenty sixth when, when this thing kind oh, of started. Oh, just happened last week. Then, so yeah. very, very very recent, right? So I was like, well, that's crazy. I want to dig into this. And you know, what a black eye for 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 KFC candidate experience. So I went and found the Twitter account of the person who had published it and couldn't find the letter anywhere that the, the tweet was gone some folks who were sort of referencing it on social media like responding to or a couple other things but that actual the the image was no longer there the the, the letter wasn't there I thought, well that's kind of weird maybe they the kfc came it came after and i reached the kfc and they basically said talk talk to pr we don't really want to talk about this anymore so that's interesting but then looking through her her background she's a hyper political very and i'm not paying some judgments but very outspoken far right anti-immigrant very pro Caucasian UK tweets 
Okay. And she was, and, and, and supposedly she worked for, for KSC for two years and was applying for a job somewhere else and was like, why can't I get this job? But the, the letter was gone. And, and what I'm starting to, to suspect is it was a fake. Oh, uh, like that, that she's, or somebody, her and somebody else or whoever started it. And then it started getting attention. They pulled it, they pulled it down. That or KFC was like, you know, we, we, we recognize you because you're too, our typical employee base and customer base quite often is, 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 is a mix of, of people. Why would you, you know, why would we want somebody like you work? With? I don't know. But she she won't respond to me at all. So I'm thinking, but think about brand damage. Yeah, you know what? And, I, and for, what's what's really unfortunate about that is I can't. First of all, I would have been super shocked and surprised if KFC or any any organization would do something that tongue in cheek to to can to candidates, maybe to customers for fun. If you're a customer, like whatever, using some of their puns they use about you know come back soon or whatever, that I could see because you know their whole their whole brand image of the of the quirky bizarre KFC commercial that we've seen for the past, you know, five, 10 years, they have been kind of odd, some of them. But I can see that on the customer side, but not on the candidate, not for jobs. If you Google KFC rejection letter, um, you'll start seeing it come up. It, it's, 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 it made the news cycles. Well, it's too bad if that, whoever, if they made it up, it's too bad because that's, that stuff will also, because it, it does get traction and it starts to roll, right? And then you get the social media machine behind it. And then it come to find out at the end of the day, if it truly was fake, which it's sounding like it probably was. If if that's if that's what's going on, it's it's too bad because that doesn't do KFC any any service, especially in a, in a time when they're probably like many other hourly heavy uh, employers are struggling to hire for the franchises for the I mean this and this this kind of thing doesn't help at all. So that's interesting. Look, keep me up to date if you do if if that person ever does respond. Once I get more, I actually want to reach out to you just to get a quote and your thoughts around it. Yeah, I would. I would love to comment on that because I just I can't I can't believe that they would they would do that. Another thing I was just going to say really quick. Now we have seen other consumer-based organizations experiment with more positive response than not giving like coupons to rejected candidates. Like, you know what? We're not going to pursue you for the job, but listen, here's, you know, like $10 off the next time you come and, and do an order. That's actually a lot of times that that's, that's received in a positive line, but not like being comical in, in the note back to them. No, it's, it, it's just thinking about kind of sort of bonkers things you would never expect. There's a McDonald's franchise that is what or was I think it still is offering uh, interviewees ap- applicants fifty bucks just to, just to show up for the interview. Yeah, I had to, I've seen a lot of that giving them either monetary or non-monetary devices even. You stay for six months, we'll give you an iPhone. I mean, it's it's like it. Wow. Right. And I think, you know, but we've also seen I think one of the things that, you know, there's been a lot of contention around this, too. But, you know, if you look at the data, wages for the lowest wage earners have increased now, I think, closer to 10 plus percent more now this year than in the past 10. And I think businesses that I think that, you know, pay disparity is something that's been quite real for all all people and, and whether white, black, Asian. And, the, and people of color in particular. I mean, I know we can look at all the data, but whatever the case is, the individuals that are that are in these roles, that's, and that's why some of them are just not going back. We could, we, you know, we could do another whole another podcast on. We've already seen what happens when they stop the government benefits. It didn't really get people going back to work. 
<laughs> I mean, the data's the the data's pretty clear. What's motivating them is the, the number one uh, desire is it's not surpassed hybrid, which is still very important. Has been health health benefits. Yeah, that's been on the that's actually on yeah, and that's one of the things that we've done some other research projects recently too that haven't come out yet. And even the, over the summer, going back to work that we've doing some of the top incentives and what what they're hearing from their candidates, the employers are monetary, non-monetary incentives, but but benefits. And flexible workplace too, as well as it relates to hybrid. But but benefits definitely are top, and because you know healthcare and, and especially in the U.S. is not not getting any less complicated and or expensive. That's for sure. One pitch I want to make too is we're doing we're, we've done a lot this past month looking at um, working with people with disability, neurodiverse, intellectually challenged uh, people with disabilities in general. Physical October was uh, was was National Disability Month, and, and one of my passions is kind of getting us to connect more with folks with disabilities and hiring them, and also. Looking at the hidden, hidden candidates, we've done several articles on, on both the broader issue as well as how to actually practically find hidden candidates. They're estimating there are 27 million hidden candidates available in the U.S. right now. Are you also talking about like people on the spectrum too? With, yeah, on the, with, on the spectrum, veterans, um, people who've been long-term just, just uh, unemployed, old, elderly workers, any any number of people. The 27 million is a big number considering our unemployment numbers right now um, and our struggle to hire. And look at there's an article I, I, I put up um, HBS study about the what, over automation um, and how we're actually, our, our tools, our tools as an industry are weeding these folks out before they can even get to us. I did see that too. Yeah, and I would, I would really hope that if folks take anything away from this, please find that article and read it. We wrote about that too. We did a piece on, no, we did we did a piece on that and I think it's it's along the similar vein and it is too bad because, I mean, I'm a fan of, of recruiting on I, I shared the article you guys wrote. I think I did actually. Yeah, I'm a fan of, I mean, I think we both are obviously because that's your, a lot of your background too is the recruiting stack um, at the organizations you've worked for too. I think I think there's a lot of uh, any for any recruiting volume and hire you've got to have the the recruiting technologies behind you helping you scale but I think that there is there's definitely an issue of, of we're missing out on a lot of potential hiring for potential is something that I hope becomes a, a more and more of a broader theme technology unfortunately can't necessarily discriminate that versus specific matching even with the how advanced we've come with even AI related we've still got a long ways to go I think too as it relates to screening people out. Anyway, Martin, thanks so much for great catching up, um, Kevin. Spending, really nice. Oh, totally on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. Really enjoyed it and look forward to, gosh, seeing you hopefully soon in person at some point. We're going to definitely make that happen. One more quick thing. What, what are you looking forward to uh, besides work related stuff going forward what what is what else drives martin family yes children are driving me crazy no i i get family stuff i guess i'm um, looking forward to um you know the holidays coming up um which 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 will be good and i'm working on my novel which is finally oh congratulations it's, it's, it only take me 51 years to actually get the thing well started. i gotta hear more about that at yeah, some yeah. point yeah. It's a bit of that. Yeah, no, that, that's about it. One last quick little plug. Um, we're doing an upfront in about a week um, where we're inviting vendors to come and hear about if they want to be underwriters. Um, so if you are a vendor listening, we are welcoming underwriters to support our efforts. And you'll be tied into what we think is a brand that's got a really strong focus on, on journalism, on, on pluralism, on agnosticism, and, and, and bringing a broader broader stories to the, to the market. Last plug, a new podcast coming out from us called The Recruiting Works, which will be coming out soon. Oh, nice. No, we look forward to that. And I look forward to hearing more about your novel, too. So listen, have a good one. And we will see each other hopefully soon. Thanks, brother. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Candy Shop Talk podcast. 
For more information about Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Research, visit www.thetalentboard.org.